previously on the Kindred Spirit Podcast. I kid you not, I pulled up pent-up calamity for lure and sea monsters for mines. I disagree with you. (laughs) Bake me pancakes about them being so strong. Against Scotland. <laughs> oh, speaking of fangs, do we want to talk about their special, special rule? rule? They have one? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe editing Ryan can put it in. <laughs> Stop making them do so much. Poor editing Ryan. Give the man a break. <laughs> Part for the course. <laughs> and now, we return you to the epic conclusion of the Misunderstanding Survey. Welcome to the Kindred Spirit Podcast, a program completely dedicated to the board game Spirit Island. On this show, we examine and discuss every aspect of the game, whether they be general tips, in-depth strategies, or silly shenanigans. Today, we get into more of the comments. What? <laughs> We've never split up community episodes. Ooh, there's a lot. <laughs> there's so many. Let's just get going. Here we go. <laughs> Will comes in to say that I struggle with juggling blade. Okay, well, there's like 80% of this in play raise. <laughs> My hand is raised as well. <laughs> I think every one of us has struggled with juggling blade at some point. Oh, definitely. Particularly after being bit by the event deck a few too many times. Ooh, those, those blighted events sting. You like to defend the events, John? It's like, oh, what I, would you like to say? I have huh? to destroy three presents this time? Oh, no. <laughs> to prevent a blight? Oh. Yeah, those hurt. Yes. Yes, John. They do. <laughs> Do. <laughs> they don't always come up. <laughs> Wildfire and Vengeance are both uncomfortable spirits for me, and I also struggle to grok mist. And there's a lot of blight yeah. type of spirits, so makes sense. Almost like Mind Wanderer was saying, sometimes I don't like blight, so I'm not going to play blight users. That's fair. Price G comes in to say, Wildfire has been elusive for high-level victories. Huh. I tried to embrace the blight and damage approach, as well as hold one fire element to avoid extra blights. Ooh. Interesting. Hold at one fire element to avoid extra blight. Oh, instead of blighting early. It's not worth it. Yeah. I I get it. I do. (laughs) I had that temptation back in the day. You gotta lean into that second and eight. Mm. That's huge. It's one thing to embrace a blight, but you gotta equally embrace taking it off. (laughs) Blow them up. They go on to say, I always seem to end up either not having enough presence where my invaders are present or blight present powers work. They're talking about the fact that bad guys aren't where they need them to be. Okay. And that's the struggle with wildfire. You need bad guys to get to you. You kill them so quick and you set up these lands where there needs to be both blight and your presence. Okay, cool. But no one's here. And bad guys are attacking me elsewhere. And I need them to be on this spot. <laughs> so this enters the avenue of control mm. to really help. That could be something to find for cards. Threatening flames can help you here. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I remember threatening flames. I would use it incorrectly because I was trying to get that massive fear gain oh, from yeah. it. I just rather just focus on getting bad guys into those fireplaces so that firestorm can hit them. But yeah, talk yeah. to your friends about getting control in there. That is one of the biggest struggles with them is that control deficiency. Or they say there's an overflow on blight that I can't stop 
enough of those cascades and they finish me off. That happens, yep. It requires a dance of several turns of presence planning that doesn't mesh with me, most likely due to my blight-adverse playstyle. Though I frequently sacrifice early bird blights for walking off a few lands or preventing big builds. Mm -hmm. I have limited Jagged Earth experience, and some of them would likely would have been voted for with more plays. That's fair. These words could have been written by me several years ago. Yeah. 100 percent 100 percent when they said it's a dance yep that, oh, that is one of the reasons what i'm is. not kidding you one of the reasons why i dislike events so much is because it took me so long as wildfire like three to five minutes to perfectly calibrate my blight expenditure my blight economy mm-hmm. and i was like okay we're good we're good i can do this this comes off this one comes in this comes in. This event did something and it blights i'm yep. like oh great now we're cascading now this is happening now i'm dying now there, this can't happen there goes that damn. and it screwed up my plan yeah which is one of the biggest reasons why i really hate the sting that events have i don't mind bad things happening it's just, there's a cool puzzle, and if I do the work to solve the puzzle, but then something else comes in and screws up my plan before I can implement my fix to the puzzle, oh, sure. that makes me like, ah! And then, if I had a cool fix, but then the event comes and fixes it, I'm like, well, what's the point of me having a cool fix for <laughs> exactly. a puzzle? Ah! Sorry. <clears throat> Thank you for the comment. Contain myself. <clears throat> Code Peach comes in and says, <laughs> I can't make Thunderspeaker or Sharp Fangs work. With the former, I always end up so tight for energy, and the Tahan on the neighbor's board seem like a huge liability. Mm. I don't have enough time to save them all, and there are so many events that eat Dahan, especially with diseases. Presence becomes so precious, and Defend 3 just isn't enough against most adversaries to save all the Dahan. Sharp Fangs is fun. In an easier game, I usually slap the invaders, then end early and effortlessly. Nice. But when it's a harder game or my luck is a little bad, then I can never transition into a strong late game and eventually fail. Ryan brought this up earlier. Just make sure that if you're losing to Hantu events, you're not also losing presence. It's only to Ravages. Mm Because it seems like they're talking about losing to Han and then presence being precious. I don't want to assume that they're making that mistake, but just to be aware of that rule... Be careful with events. Obviously, you can lose to Han to disease events, but you don't lose your presence as well. So, And also, this is an opportunity for your neighbors, your fellow players, to help you. Mm-hmm. And it could be resonating that you feel bad because you said losing to Han on neighbors' boards seems like a huge liability. This is an opportunity for the table to look at the board state and be like, I'm not using to Han. If ever I have a control thing, I'm going to send them your way. Yeah, there you go. That is huge. That's something that we've started to do. That's something that I do if Thunder Speakers in my game, even if I have no idea idea of where they want them specifically just in general a fear card showed up an event card showed up maybe a side effect of a card i played showed up that said a dahan gets pushed i don't know where to put them but thunder speakers in my game i'm gonna just send them that direction send them that way you might be surprised at how helpful that can be because if there's one dahan on a border and thunder speaker be like, oh i'll grab you really quick yep. That can be really huge. I wouldn't take it so personally. You can get a lot done with your starting six to Han, but it's true that you can do a lot more with, well, more to Han. Yeah. So if you have neighbors, I wouldn't take it so personally, but just vocalize, hey, if Thunderspeaker is in our game, if you're not using a Dahan centric build, perhaps send them my way when you get the chance. You don't have to pressure them or force them to, but just talk about the fact that like, there is something cool we can do. For instance, Ocean's in your game. We have access to something 
something cool. That is shoving people in the ocean. Yeah. Let's maybe as a team start thinking about controlling people away from the inland towards the coast. Yeah. Thunder speakers in my game. Okay, let's just remind everyone. Let's send Dahan to Thunder Speakers board because they Beasts. get stronger with more. Let's Dahan. send them to Fangs. There you just, go. It's good to nominate when other players can be helpful. So I won't beat yourself up too much when your neighbors aren't doing something that could help you. Yeah. I wouldn't say, they didn't help me, it's all their fault. Because it's not, because you can still do cool things and you can find things oh, yeah. in the deck that help you regardless of how your friends are helping you. I'm just saying there are opportunities for cooperation. This is one of them. In Sharp Fang's case, I know the joke is kind of old, but it's surprising their power level once you realize that if you consistently get beasts out there, get... <laughs> beasts out there. I don't care how you do it. Do it. If it's a special rule, cool. If it is teeth clean from darkness, cool. Honestly, and I'm not kidding, do not pick the fear option for teeth gleam from darkness. Get the beasts. Yeah, more important. In your early and mid game. That is more important. Their power level spikes significantly and they appear like an entirely different character when you get those beasts. Yes, you have a special rule. That's the joke. I said that. But my advice, and I've said it before, keep three presents on the board that is my sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Once you have two or three, then literally for the rest of the game, use your special rule to convert your presence into beasts. The thing that's nice is that the presence that you're converting could be one that you've had for a while or can be from the one that you just played. If yeah. you have cards that require you to do sacred sites, maybe push it to four. But the thing is, is the more beasts you have directly proportions to oh, the damage yeah. that you are doing. Because ranging hunt is not nipping with two or one damage. It's doing three, it's doing four, it's doing nine. Yeah. Then you're following that up with a frenzied assault that did another two or three. Mm-hmm. And so one beast literally could do four damage by themselves. And that beast had six friends. I'm not saying this is your struggle. I'm not saying I know what you're doing and this is exactly what you need, Code Peach. I'm just saying these are the kinds of things that I want vocalized consistently about Sharp Fangs because for many years they were relegated to have this low power level. And that low power level was from a miscommunication or misunderstanding that they don't need as much presence as other spirits do. You move with beasts, so you just need to get your presence moving around. Thankfully, it's not nearly as bad as you might think. Terrifying, chase the bad guys out of blighted lands, convert those beasts and things may be a lot easier. I don't know if that's what you'll need. You may be doing that already and something else is happening. I don't know. I'm just once again trying to vocalizing lend, that. Vocalize something yeah. that maybe could help you. <gasps> what? Look who's next. <laughs> not that smart! I'm not that not smart! That smart. <laughs> I think you're smart. Yes, yes, <laughs> I, I do too. I think you're smart. <laughs> Does Ryan though? <laughs> to those of you who don't know, we had a funny joke with Not That Smart's username a long time ago in season one. But I'll let you find that Ooh. joke. Because <laughs> editing Ryan has had enough work today. <laughs> Stop, stop making them do stuff. They're not done yet. <laughs> Now that Smart says, first and foremost, Fractured is kind of weird and yep. takes a bit to wrap your head around. Yep. Yep. Besides Fractured, that's almost just like everyone's just like... Like literally no one <laughs> needs to explain that. Yeah, yep. So, so Fractured's strange. Okay, cool. Yep. <laughs> Many Minds was the trickiest first game for me out of all the Jagged Earth Spirits. 
The amount of beast movement and importance of it was difficult to handle game one. It's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. They're listed as moderate, but I would mm. sign a petition for them to be changed <laughs> to high. I, I'd sign my name. <laughs> I have since played more games and really enjoy their play style and abilities, but they were tough for me at first. That's fair. From the base game, I did not click with green. <gasps> were they that one They vote? were the one vote. <laughs> There's the one vote. Not that smart. Well, they're not that smart, so. <laughs> no! It's not plagiarism if you repeat yourself, yeah, right? It's, we're just copying ourselves. <laughs> they say Green's play style is too passive, and I don't really enjoy uh, it. Like, they're yeah. a strong spirit, but I don't think I use them optimally because of some level of disconnect. In my early games as Green, I had to remind myself the thing that's strong is holding the bad guys back. Mm hmm. And I'm looking at wildfire blowing people up, Thunderspeaker blowing people up, lightning blowing people up, Earth doing defense, and then Dahan having yeah. people blow them up. And then you're like, well, nothing's happening. Because you stopped to build. There's nothing to blow up. Right. Type of thing. So it's not as dynamic. Sure. It doesn't look as flashy. trust me, it's important. When you can look at England six in the face and like, I'm going to build here. And you're like, nope. No. <laughs> the shield <laughs> Destroy it! Destroy it! No. Your presence, I mean. <laughs> Seeing node England is huge. Yes. Sweden about to do oh. a 12 damage oh. attack oh. Oh. with three buildings? And you're like, nope. <laughs> no, thank you. Trust me. They will appear a lot yeah. stronger. So it seems like the place I was love disconnect. Some people like to go big. Laura likes and to go big. And that boom. is totally yeah. fine. And that's totally fine. Holy But fine. thanks for commenting. It's mm -hmm. good to see you again. Not that smart. Yeah. Tech Walker comes back and says, The only ones I really can't play are the two most complicated, Finder <laughs> and Fractured Days. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> so I just don't play them. There's plenty of others that I enjoy, and that's fine with me. That is a running sentiment, huh? That just yep. like goes yep. on. It's like, oh, I don't get them. We could expound, but we don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Tate Walker. Yeah. That's a fun name. Marfarian? That's cool. Marfarian. I like, I like that name. Marfarian says, I must say, I'm struggling to find the none option. Hey! Oh, nice job. You understand all of them. I know everyone. <laughs> Teach me, Marfarian. Teach me your ways. Help me. Jamon39 comes in and says, for me, it's vengeance. Mm. I've got myself convinced that it's actually just a whoa, bad whoa. spirit. Ray, or down. more... <laughs> <laughs> Calm yourself, Ray. Ray? <laughs> He's throwing hands. I know. <laughs> He's foaming at the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Or more generously, a challenge mode spirit. Mm. There you go. Mm. You trade an overly complicated, fiddly first half of the game, and in return, you get a slightly stronger than average second half of the game. Well, now you just sound grumpy <laughs> <laughs> well but that yeah that sounds like me with yeah. a lot of my plays yeah it's a lot of i'm gonna sit here in my lawn chair and sunglasses while everything dies and then round two happens it is in the second half all right let me get off my chair here and just play one card for one damage that turned to be seven yeah, damage and go nuclear <laughs> how fun is that that's so fun yeah you get to do nothing and then you get to do everything yeah <laughs> but that's weird and that caused yeah. a lot of blight so yeah i feel it Jahalen comes in to say, hey. I believe I'm at a point where I understand how each spirit is supposed to work <laughs> well, <laughs> but in the past, I've been struggling with the following in this order. Okay. Shadows. Unlike Bringer, which immediately worked for me, Shadows oh. lacks a proper focus, in my opinion. It's not just another fear-based spirit. It's a box of tools that don't necessarily fit well together. Yeah. Ted mm -hmm. spoke to that. Yeah, yeah. There's been complaints about that. 
I don't agree. <laughs> well, it's miscommunicated in a lot of ways. When you see range zero powers, right, that communicates, right. oh, you need to be on top of the bad guys to do it. Yeah. When in truth, it's like, no, use your special rule. Use your special rule. So it's like, hey, let me go on top. <laughs> and I died. Next you one. Died. You died. <laughs> you died. <laughs> Fangs is the next one. Being new to tokens, I sure. found it difficult to understand how to put beast tokens to best use and why it often makes sense to place a beast token instead of a presence. Ryan, you went on to say that. I was going to say, do I need to... Next one. <laughs> Memory. Because I can. I, can. <laughs> I know you can. Raging Hunt. It's Raging Hunt. <laughs> Memory. Embracing a strategy based mostly around using majors took some getting used to. We're seeing a lot of this yeah, feedback. We yeah. are seeing that. It's somewhat luck reliant because what you hope are for big sledgehammer powers mm. that get rid of hordes of invaders. Yeah, I look at them as just buff trickster. Mm. Mm. Buff what in, a like, yeah. majors yeah. are what's buff. Like, that's what's strong. But you are still just as luck-dependent as Trickster is. I would recommend some of these people complaining about memory. Maybe try the Ray bottom track builds that Ray spoke to of just, like, mm-hmm. maybe lean into that support if you're not connecting with... Sure. Anyway, next one. Lure. This spirit is often compared with Ocean, Mm -hmm. but I find it a lot harder to play well because it uses all kinds of tokens and cannot simply destroy towns and cities. Yeah, it's the downgrade. You downgrade them, right. But also you're using tokens, some of whom just go and evaporate based on various invader actions. Sure. And you're like, hey, I was going to use that. Bills. (laughs) There they go. Yeah. Yeah. Next one, Vengeance. This one's tricky because you require disease tokens to use most of your powers, so very often you cannot use them to prevent builds until the late game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're just trying to go for that fear and yeah, skip builds. You see that they're a disease or, user. Or, yeah, let builds go through. And yet you hardly ever... <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's like a really bad one. But right. generally, you actually want bad guys out there, and that's weird. Yeah, it is weird. Mist is the next one. Clearly my least favorite spirit. It encourages an extremely risky playstyle because it wants to keep damaged towns, cities alive in as many lands as possible. You're also almost always power starved. Hey, don't worry. I was being sarcastic when I did that side of <laughs> resignation. <laughs> don't worry. I side with the shadows coming. <laughs> Starlight was the last one. In the beginning, I went for growth options that were the easiest to unlock and was looking for particular elements. This resulted in a pathetically weak spirit. Hmm. Since then, I've learned to go for the stronger growth options first and don't care which elements I get. Oh, Hmm. that's fun. This results in a much stronger and also more versatile spirit. I would love to hear their opinions on what is defined by strong growth option. Hmm. That there is subjective. Are so many builds you can do. I would love to hear what's the strongest one. <laughs> yeah. No, that is yeah, that's a good question. Because strong in quotations on is, Starlight? Yeah, is that's so, a bold claim. <laughs> you could ask someone, six different people, what's a strong build for Starlight? You get six different answers. Literally. Yeah. So yeah. that'd be interesting what they no, find. I'm strong. being genuine. I would love to hear yeah. what you mean by that. Lamarck Gasolridge comes and says, For me, the spirits I struggle with the most are defensive spirits without consistent ways to set up to haunt counterattacks. Resilience Earth is the big one, but Serpent and Downpour as well. If I'm going with a defender, I will go Stone. Trickster, Pandemonium Lightning, maybe a stretch? I care less about preventing Blight than I do securing the win. Hmm. I also get some major analysis paralysis on playing Starlight. While I have been able to beat some max level adversaries with them, they're just not my cup of tea. Totally get that with Starlight. Yep. Yeah, there's a stretch there I can see with Pandemonium Lightning, I agree. Stone and Trickster... Stone is a stretch for defense. 
<laughs> their play style is very defensive as a whole. Okay. But they actually, yeah, you are correct. They have a single defend card. Right. That's I, it. Yeah, like we've talked about, we view them more as a counterattacker. Yeah. Type of thing. And so I do definitely understand why you'd be so loyal to defensive strats that do Dahan counterattacks because... Is that not, like, the best, coolest way to use defense? Oh, yeah. Dahan get to act safely yeah. with their and damage. Back. yeah. And you stopped Blight. You stayed alive. Dahan stayed alive, and they attacked for free. All it seems gravy. like the most yeah. efficient thing that you can do with defense. Yet there's still a value in defense, regardless if you take advantage of this efficient counterattack mechanic. Also, Downpour, once again, does not limit each Dahan's mm. damage. It's just one total. Yeah. Not saying that you didn't know this. I'm just, like, a common misconception that is just good to know. <laughs> the biggest one I connect with is the disconnect with Serpent and defense, because you have one of the best defensive powers in the game but you can't move to Han you have no way of moving to Han so like you said you have this cool defense but it kind of ends up being hollow but there's no maybe counterattack because I couldn't get to Han in there. So mm. I see that of like, ooh, Serpent, such a cool defend power that you can spam and it gets stronger as the game goes on. There are some characters that move care more about defending than Dahan counterattacking. Mm. And sometimes I'm mm. wondering if people see defense and they automatically equate that to, ooh, they do defense, they do Dahan counterattack. Yeah. Not necessarily. Yeah. You know, and that de- can be tough. Like, Keeper, you look, oh, they have high defense on their board, on their synopsis. Sure. That's just because of the whole stopping explorers thing. Right. There's your defense. There's your defense. So I guess it's important to view defense as what it is, as opposed to seeing what it can be used for. So, like, Earth is both a defender and a Dahan counterattack user. Yeah. There's just simply a separation between Dahan counterattack user and defender, I guess. People just want to get the most out of their defense. I do. Yeah. Do you blame them? Yeah, I don't blame them. The bad guys have more efficient actions than we do. We got to catch up, baby, and that's Uh, one of the best ways we can. Yeah, great comment. So I feel it. Lucic Pearl comes in to say, The one time I played Thunderspeaker, I didn't realize that I needed to create a Dahan army to be effective. I tried to keep my Dahan spread out, which was ineffective and cost my friends and me the game. Yikes. After listening to your podcast and hearing Laura champion the spirit's yeah. abilities, I would like to revisit Thunderspeaker. Hey, thanks, hey. Laura. Once again, I just want to say that a lot of that is because John and I are sending her to hunt. <laughs> right. But what about me? What about what I did? <laughs> I'm just saying a truth that's ignored is a spotlight is really cool. But as John and I being very long theater performers yeah. could tell you, the people in the back make us look good and they hardly ever get the credit. True. So Thunderspeaker could do amazing things, and it's true, but just don't forget that a lot of the time we're making Laura look good because we keep sending her stuff. Like, like you're saying about having ocean in your game or wildfire, Thunderspeaker, yes. utilize them yes. at their strengths. So send them to Han and for sure. If it was me that was using Thunderspeaker and Laura was sending me to Han, I would take this moment to make sure that she got recognized for it. I'm not saying it's yeah. because we are sending it. I'm trying to pat our backs. I'm just oh, saying yeah. continually look at the subtle way that we can improve your friend's gameplay and that's what's cool. Yeah, and having a grouped up Dahan army is, I think, Great. a very effective way to play Thunderspeaker. So, yeah. And if you're going up against Sweden, no, don't have him spread out. Yeah, no, don't, definitely don't have him spread out. Yeah, <laughs> no. 100%. So no. take Lord's advice, go big boom. Mm. Hey, Raleigh Mo. Raleigh Mo. Raleigh Mo, John. Ray <laughs> Mo. Ah, the sins of season one. Uh, <laughs> 
For me, this question is pretty easy to answer. Context is, I consider myself an okay Spirit Island player. Mm -hmm. Like, I've taken on max level adversaries and won just a few times. But I tend to hover around difficulty 5-6 to games for consistent wins. That is the majority of players, so no worries there. No worries. Thunderspeaker immediately came to mind. Wow. We're seeing a lot of Thunderspeaker. A lot of Thunderspeaker. Like, I always feel behind with this one. I can definitely pull off a big KO with Manifestation of Power and Glory. Nice. But doing so usually sets me back on a critical problem next turn. I think there's something about this spirit's gameplay style that is fundamentally different than other spirits. Hmm. Maybe the hyper-reliance on Tahan just makes it really complex to forecast. It could be something along the lines of most spirits would plan ahead to stop stuff at the build phase, so that would be one turn in advance. Thunderspeaker with a Tahan needing to be moved and then having most its harder-hitting power strike in the slow phase, prior to late game and ace getting maxed out to make the best, mm. puts you another turn back. But it could also be that I usually push for a bottom track play style, and Thunderspeaker is just so energy poor that I also don't feel like I can take the two presence growth option enough. I don't know. <laughs> this question makes me want to do a Thunderspeaker boot camp. <laughs> the meta on this question is fun, by the way. Hey, let's talk about spirits we don't understand how to play. It's Thunderspeaker, and I don't understand why I don't understand them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand what I don't understand. (laughs) I think so, too. No, I think it's actually really interesting and cool to see the thoughts and vocalizations of other players that maybe vocalize something that we can speak to. Sometimes there are a lot of people that are speaking the same similar thing, so you can find a resonance with what someone else is saying. I think we have a direct opportunity to find help. (laughs) Well, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Because, like, those of us who understand certain characters more than others will be more likely to be like, oh, well, let me help you then. Here's what you do there. But I also think it's cool to talk about self-negatives, in this case, what I don't get, because that's usually not what people talk about. Mm. I like this character. I had so much fun with them. Here's the game I had, or something like that. I'm not saying this is a negative topic. I'm just saying it's usually focusing on a topic that I don't think is vocalized too often. Yeah. So I'm in agreement. I like this too i also think it's fun yeah i love this topic this topic's been great i think one thing that has been really helpful for a lot of people are like spirit guides or just hanging out in bgg i Uh think reddit is very good and the discord is great for ideas but you can find some good threads on bgg Uh and well in-depth guides or opening plays or spirit tips and tricks type of thing So there is so much content on the forums. And Mm. like Ryan said, you can just search for specific things like Thunderspeaker Mm. in the forums. And then so much comes up. Mm. So the amount of content that's out there, because people want to be helpful with this game. Mm. They want to help each other out to teach. That's why people make these guides, make these videos. Mm. So I think it's cool that we have so many resources to pull from out there. Mm Mm-hmm. Naked and happy. <laughs> Correlation? <laughs> uh, family show. Family show. <laughs> so anyway, the next comment comes... Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, that's their name. That's their name. I guess this question is multifaceted. The first time around, there were spirits I didn't reach the full potential due to not grasping the concepts slash how different cards interact slash which powers I should pick to complement it. Though I'd be tempted to call that needing practice rather than misunderstanding there's definitely Mm. spirits that i clicked with on my first game thunderspeaker lure downpour come to mind had no trouble immediately grasping the concept and killing some invaders others seem to need a replay or to really get serpent bodan 
fractured ocean. But it's not that I didn't click, but I just need more than one game to grasp the strategy. Mm. I get that 100%. Definitely. I'm fully on board. They go on to say, I'd actually say I click with all spirits. The ones I click with the most, I probably play the least. Interesting. When going to pick a spirit, I often think, oh no, I won't pick river, thunder speaker, ocean, lure, lightning, because I always pick them. Mm. They're so cliche, which actually means I've probably played them the least. (laughs) (laughs) That's me with green. Yeah. That's true. I haven't seen you play green in a long time, Ryan. Yeah. So I guess to answer your question, the more I click with a spirit, the less I play them, the more I want to learn the funky spirits, which are harder to get. Except downpour. I'll always be up for picking downpour. (laughs) Yeah. I feel as if I actually, Hmm. in a lot of ways, can agree with this because very specifically, I'm kind of the same. You've been challenging yourself a lot recently, Ryan, with plays. Well, I think it's true. The ones that you're good with, I know I'm good with. Hmm. I'd like to improve what I'm bad with. You know you can win a game with green. Sure. Handily. So I haven't played them in a while. Yeah. No joke. <laughs> Even specifically, they said they clicked on their first game with Downpour, Lure, and Thunderspeaker. Yeah. I could say those exact same things. And Bowden fractured an ocean, not so much. <laughs> yeah. I could say There's that There's a lot same of similarities thing. between My you and My first Naked, game yeah. with Lure was against Russia. We smacked them so hard. Yeah. It felt like Russia wasn't even like on the <laughs> sure, board. They weren't even playing. <laughs> Not only can it resonate emotionally with what you're saying, but specifically with those spirits, too. (laughs) Yeah, they seem to like to challenge themselves and to get Mm -hmm. better at certain spirits. And that's cool. They go on to say, P.S., I didn't vote in the poll because there's no (laughs) I click with all of them option. Fine, I'll put it in next time. (laughs) (laughs) That's a critique on you, Ryan. Sorry. (laughs) Steve comes in to say... First, I just wanted to find what I mean by, quote-unquote, having difficulty. Okay. The vast majority of the games that I play are two-player games in the 8 to 10 difficulty range. Win rate is around 60 to 80% for almost all spirits. Nice. When I say I have a difficulty with a spirit, I mean that I feel like I often struggle to get a win at those difficulties. Mm. With Finder, I have eight games at difficulty 6 and above. Only three of those are wins, including wins at difficulty 9 and 10. And all three of those wins just happened to be when Finder was paired with Thunderspeaker. (laughs) (laughs) An insanely strong pairing for sure. (laughs) We told you it's a good marriage. It is. However, eight games is not a big sample size. And I see that many of my failed games were on the thematic board. Well, there it is. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're done here, right? (laughs) The Ian Malcolm, (laughs) Jeff Goldblum from Jurassic Park. Well, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> Which is much more swingy, yes. Yeah. Perhaps I get the spirit just fine and have been unlucky when playing a few of these games? I would say so. It's interesting to see the data behind the impression I had, anyway. The other one I feel like I struggle with is memory. For them, I have seven games at difficulty six and above, only two of which are wins. Oh. Not really sure what my issue is with this spirit. It certainly doesn't have the obvious get-outs that I see in the data for Finder, my wife seems to have no such issues. I just seem to be missing something. Maybe just bad major pulls with memory. I don't know. And I'm missing a wife. <laughs> <laughs> All you married people. <laughs> anyway. At various points, I've also had difficulty with lightning, vengeance, and fractured. Oh. I'd say that I'm comfortable with all of them, though. In fact, vengeance has my best win rate for difficulty six plus games of any spirit, with just over 90%. 
Makes sense. High difficulty usually has high blight. Yeah. Which they like. There you go. And then more damage. <laughs> that's one thing that's really nice about Vengeance is that they auto-scale. Oh. Is your problem really bad? Well, then they're automatically really strong. They get stronger. <laughs> yes, they have high wins, but maybe it's one of those clicking things. Maybe they don't click with the spirits. Like, yes, I'm winning with them, and I'm like you're saying, I'm doing the right thing with the blight against this high difficult adversary. But maybe it's just like it doesn't sit right or it's not comfortable mm-hmm. with me. So I understand that. In terms of playing thematic, oh, that's like the most swingiest style in the game. Because it's like, oh, they explored a mountain. How many wetlands are on each one? I know, how many? Exactly. (laughs) Is it France? Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) So that's terribly swingy. Maybe try just the the normal side, the arcade side. Next comment comes from Ted Vesinus. Who? Oh, uh, it says designer Ted V. But there is no designer Ted V. Oh, there's developer. Oh, oh, oh it's Ted. Ted. Hey, Ted. <laughs> <laughs> Don't kill me. <laughs> Wait a minute. If Ted's bad as spirit, does that mean they're not balanced? Oh, oh no. <laughs> what is this all for? <laughs> Why are we still Why here? Are we still here? <laughs> <laughs> Just to suffer. <laughs> I can still feel my arm. <laughs> you feel it too, don't you? The life that I lost. It's like we're all still there. <laughs> Thanks for the comment, Ted. Next comment comes. Didn't even read it. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Mm. <laughs> Ted V goes on to say, "I'm pretty awful at any spirit with strong positional mini game. If the spirit requires you to move a lot of pieces around the board to extract maximum value from your kits, I just can't do it very well. This includes beasts." i.e. Sharp Fangs, Many Minds, Dahan, Thunderspeaker, and even Presence, Miss. These all require thinking several steps ahead where you position pieces in one place to make later powers more effective, possibly even for future turns. Mm. It's hard because I have a very tactical, opportunistic gameplay style. I'm always looking for the short-term actions that provide immediate board value for very low cost, even if they are seriously off-script for how you'd usually play a spirit. I'm great seeing the breadth of immediate options available, but I'm not as good at seeing deeper where an option only makes sense if you chain two or three things together. Mm. This is why I'm very good at spirits like Finder or River, even though they might seem like they have positional mini games as well. It's because Finder is primarily repositioning invaders and moving an invader to another land isn't setting up a different power. Getting invaders to a different land is its own reward because it stops the invaders from acting in the first land. As for how this affects development, well, now we're all listening. (laughs) All these spirits were underpowered. (laughs) Just kidding. I rely pretty heavily on playtesters and other devs to get a sense for where these spirits are at. We all have our unique strengths and weaknesses. So... I'm not going to say anything on tips because <laughs> I feel as if that's like... So, Ted, here's where you're playing many minds wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel as if that's so sacrilegious, I wouldn't dare. <laughs> well, how cool is it that we have members of the development team that's who are willing that's to so cool. like talk about things that they're not good at? What they struggle with. Yeah. That's that so really cool. cool. I really appreciate that transparency. I struggle, too, at times with this positional minigame. I think it's like moving presence around can be tricky. Mm. I really had to see you play Sharp Fangs or Laura play Many Minds or Thunderspeaker and even you play Mist. So like, oh, this is how you move in and yeah. out and set things up. Yeah. No, it's 100% true. So 
it's really tricky to plan that far ahead. And like Ted said with River, I push things in this land and then massive flooding. And it just it makes sense that way because sure. I just blow everything up. Mm. So it's cool that it's not just Ted playtesting things. Mm. They have so many playtesters and other developers and people helping out. And you feel it in this game. This mm. is a well-balanced game, I think. Mm. Of I'd agree. These spirits can handle high-level adversaries or low levels or scenarios. Anything you throw at them, a lot of these spirits can tackle mm. head-on. And it's so cool to see. It is. Thanks, Ted. Thanks, Ted. Green is better comes in <laughs> to say, I'm late to the podcast, but I've been listening with any time I have available and almost caught up. Hey, nice job. Really appreciate the show. As Ryan has said from the beginning, once I played my first game, I was looking into YouTube and any podcast mentioning Spirit Island, but would just get a quick overview or review. Mm. I wanted more depth. How to make the best use of this spirit or this card. How to deal with England. Uh, preach. Does anyone actually play Shadow? Yes, yes. How dare you? How to not explain the game to people with having their brains visibly melt in front of me. <laughs> Been there. So thank you both for delivering the buffet of information and opinions and experience to the fan Aww, base. Of course. No problem. Thank you for listening. Yes, seriously. All righty. Hey. Wait a minute. No, no, no. Read what they wrote. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm like, is that oh. just, I, thought, I thought you. No, that's what they wrote. Oh. I didn't scroll. That's funny. <laughs> I thought you were just being no, all No, they were saying all oh. right. <laughs> like, wait, no, stick with the comment. You've ruined the podcast. <laughs> I have been playing solo a lot recently to try to learn the strengths and weaknesses of spirits, helping my future team construction. Mm. I instantly fell in <sighs> love with sharp fangs mm. as they use the beast tokens, which seem to just sit around on the board with to do. So with that in mind, I tried Thunderspeaker, and it's always a disaster. <laughs> I thought it would be similar, and listening to how Laura dominates the island with 60 damage attacks, <laughs> but I can't seem to get it. I think I have to get better with setting up gathers, pushes, and attacks with Dahan before they get attacked. Yep. Is it better to have two roaming armies or one giant mass? I'm not giving up on Thunderspeaker. Really quick, a lot of that is due to multiplication. It has a lot more to do with how much presence she has in that land as opposed mm. to Dahan. It's not just Dahan. It's not just Dahan. A lot of it's Dahan. That's true. That's part of it. A lot of it is how much presence you have. Mm. She'll have like <laughs> six presence in a land. Yeah, you know. It's almost like a ten stack. It's, it's right, like a volcano yeah, stack yeah. just roaming <laughs> it the It's like a volcano stack. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> so sometimes she has five Dahan. But 10 presents. Yeah. <laughs> so so that's why you got yeah. 50 so there damage. <laughs> <laughs> then there's Nightmare. Mm. One of the first spirits whose artwork alone made me want to know all about Same. him. On paper, the island's own version of Pennywise sounds incredible. <laughs> generating fear like it's the only thing they can do. I, I mean... <laughs> Uh, it kind of is the only thing they can do. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> the two times I tried them out, they immensely underwhelmed me. Mm. I had sorted Bringer to the bottom of the pile for favorite picks until I heard John talk about the trick to Bringer. I was focusing on fear-generating cards and extra pushes. Give the spirit more of what they do already, I thought. But John had said to forget that thought process. You want damage. Yep. Hearing him say that, I had this internal facepalm moment. I'll be giving Bringer another chance very soon with that in mind. Go damage, baby! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Get that five fear for our cities. And then there's Fractured. Oh, no. I usually just use Fractured Days to show players what very high complexity <laughs> looks like, as I don't even understand it. <laughs> I know there's something about another deck in presence as time as another resource. I've heard John speak about this spirit, and it seems amazing. I just haven't. 
had the click moment yet. <laughs> I love the idea and concept of Trickster. My playstyle tends to be very calculated, but Trickster sees that, nods their head <laughs> understandingly, and throws it out the window. <laughs> While never breaking eye contact. <laughs> Just staring dead. <laughs> the thought that so much with what this spirit does is a toss-up, reclaiming cards cost you money, it makes me anxious. The spirit is teaching me to relax, but it did not immediately make sense in practice. Yeah, just teach you to be loosey-goosey, have fun. Yeah. Then there's mist. You see this area? Don't kill these guys. I need them. <laughs> yes, I know we need them gone to win, but I need energy. Mm. What do you mean I don't understand the point of the game? <laughs> it's my game. I taught you the game. <laughs> this is an actual conversation for my first time trying mist. <laughs> I taught you this. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> the targeting a land and moving presence to or adjacent still heats my brain more than I'm used to. But I think I was doing the rule right. It's an odd rule, and hearing Ryan speak about the movement and power of mist got me so pumped to give him a try. I will try the spirit more to get to the point where their movement and range and targeting doesn't make me need a nap. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again for this podcast. Really appreciate knowing that I'm not the only fanatic of the Woo, game. What yeah, a comment. What spirit a Island forever. Green is better. <laughs> Thank you so much. Coming Honestly, hot. for all that. Keep at it. Seriously, from the standpoint of reinforcement, positivity, and happiness, keep at it. There's a lot that can happen. Sometimes things will click when you play a scenario. Sometimes you click when a friend plays it. Sometimes it's when it is an adversary you're yeah. doing. You just got to just keep going. Keep going. That's all I say. Like, just at the end of the day, regardless of strategies and whatnot, just keep at it. Just keep at it. Try it. Ryan said in the last episode, once you do something once or twice, it just becomes more familiar to you. So oh, maybe yeah. just like try Fractured. Yes, the time concept seems weird in yep. this day's deck. What is this? But if you do it a couple of times, like, oh, yeah, time. I need time as a resource so I can do my innate or yep. can I play my powers. Yep. So Thankfully, everything that's difficult in life with repetition can become easy. When yeah. you're a teenager, driving a car is like, <gasps> but now it's such an afterthought that I'm eating a burrito with one hand, you know, <laughs> making a phone call with the other. You know, like. Pay attention to the road, Ryan. <laughs> what? I like burritos. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, keep at it, keep trying at it. And yep. thanks for the comment. 100%. Wapti, hey, hey, comes in to say, outside of the promo pack spirits, which I do not have, yikes. Oh. Uh, feather and flame. Feather and flame. <laughs> I'm still struggling with three spirits: fractured, vengeance, and stone. We are stone. hearing a lot of these, but yeah, stone stands out. Yeah. For fractured, I think I understand the spirits and actually really like the gameplay. But the amount of cards to consider with the days that never were deck mm. and the different growths giving easier access to different innate powers. Is a lot to handle. <laughs> yeah, that is a yeah. lot. Yeah. I even get analysis paralysis. I was it, about to say, the AP can be very strong. Yeah, you yeah. just like end up staring, well, I could do this, or this, or this. Mm -hmm. They go on to say, Stone and Vengeance, though, that's a different story. I still do not fully understand these two spirits. I guess it has something to do with the fact that both spirits require the invader to do damage for the spirits to be effective. You have to yeah. let them strike you, and then you react for yeah. both of them. That's a good point. For Vengeance, the fact that the innate powers are quite restrictive in where they can be used force the player to plan ahead, which mm -hmm. is not easy when struggling with the spirit. That's true. Mm -hmm. It's hard to like think ahead when you're just stumbling to get by. They're going to say, thanks to the podcast episode on Blitz, I am hey. Yay! I'm now a bit more confident with Vengeance, though. Playing <laughs> the spirit with Blitz allows me not to have to plan ahead too much. Oh, yeah, because it's all yeah. one phase, baby. Yep. Which is a good way to wrap my head around the spirit. So there's hope at the end of the tunnel for vengeance hey. for me. Nice. Hey. That is what we want to hear. And mm -hmm. more scenario plays. That's awesome. Yep. Blitz is a great time. Stone, though. 
remains a big mystery for me. I just don't get it. The spirit is considered very easy for many people, but I cannot make it work. Most of the time, I end up having not enough energy or presence at a given location in order to keep the blight mm. in check. Mm. Mm-hmm. Other people have talked about that. Yeah. The spirit only grows one presence per turn, and these presents need to be piling up to keep up with the blight being added. The damage based on the invader attack is fun, but requires a huge amount of elements to actually be effective. Yeah. Yeah, we've been hearing that a couple times now about stone, just about having that energy or being in the right place at the right time. It's just something you got to plan ahead for. Yeah, it requires an amount of forethought that's not sometimes always easy or as easy to see. Yeah. And that's just a style that's also very strange, like we've seen alluded to earlier, which is just like, actually, why don't you just smack me? Just yeah. lock up and turn the other cheek. It's one of those things like you see where they explore. Okay, now go there. Mm-hmm. Go where they're about to build an attack, either for Vengeance or Stone. And usually, most characters want to run away from the fire. Be like, nope. No, <laughs> go head first into it. it. Yeah. You can stop a blight or pull a blight from a box type of thing. So mm. it is just a recentering of one's mind. Mm. Tips comes hey! in the comment. Hey, Tips! Ooh, interesting question. This has happened with multiple spirits for me. There are the spirits where I struggled at first, but after a lot of games asking for help and theory crafting, they've been unleashed from my ineptitude mm. and are now slaying invaders left and right. Ah, yeah. A lot of my favorite spirits are in this group because it was such a huge sense of satisfaction for me to see them grow mm. to their potential as I learned to use them. Mm. Then there's the second group that I <laughs> never really felt I succeeded with. My relationship with these is more along the lines of a married couple of 40 years who hasn't spoken to each other in the last 31 years and are still together because uh, financial struggles while both are seeing someone on the side. <laughs> that got dark. <laughs> anyway, good <Yeah>. one. <laughs> so group one. <laughs> Missed. Yeah. I loved the spirit even before I got to the table, but a lot of the first games were brutal. I would merely be setting up my fear farms only to find that the invaders had the audacity to remove the blight pool from the car in the meantime. The audacity! <laughs> How dare they? The nerve. Finding an efficient growth pattern and learning when to clear out invaders or set up more fear generation has been a fun and rewarding journey. Mm. Next up, thanks. I love the journey of my Fangs gameplay. At first, it was like, oh no, I blighted, and they have more than a single explorer in the land. Welp, I guess I dead. <laughs> Skull and bones. Skull bones. <laughs> then it was like, ah, I can actually ah. push myself into blighted lands and push out the invaders. Uh-huh. After that, I squinted my eyes real hard and noticed some tiny, almost unintelligible <laughs> gibberish about exchanging presents for bees? <laughs> what? And then suddenly my pack and moderately displeased house cats became wild panthers yeah! and jaguars lastly it was all about exploring the adaptability of things mm. and it is now one of my favorite spirits because of the opening decisions and growth patterns mm. are incredibly interesting and flexible depending on what the situation calls for mm. next up vengeance much like Fangs, hmm. this bad boy felt very unimpressive when I wasn't using all its tools to their full potential. Mm. Getting the most out of Plague Bears, yes, that's huge. Mm. And timing the Ravage Skips was a big improvement. 
Also, being way more focused on either top or bottom track and finding indicators of when to do what has propelled the spirit mm. into another BA favorite of mine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah that when is... the board is set, they can just shred. Yep. And it, it's crazy. And picking when to use plague bearers, move things around in your skips. You're right. It is a yeah. dance. But then, like Ryan said, you can just go off. Mm. Next up, Volcano. Hey. So the math says that I'm supposed to draw tipping point one out of 17 <laughs> games. <laughs> but here comes Volcano to challenge the basic laws of mathematics. <laughs> Slide rule emoji. <laughs> If I wasn't getting tipping point, I was surely getting downward spiral. Yep. Yep. Or some Memory other... fades or yeah, something. There, there it is. Or farmers. <laughs> <laughs> or some other nonsense turning my mighty mountain of fire into a mildly overheated noodle soup. <laughs> Ramen emoji. Hey! <laughs> so nowadays, when playing true solo, I've scaled down on the crazy eruption gameplay and turned mm. up for its crazy, amazing energy gains and major play, which seems to work better when none is around to clean up my mess. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm. Majors is great with Volcano and the small eruptions, too. It mm. does seem like those big booms are worth it at times. Fractured. So initially, I thought I figured Fractured out after just a few games for True Solo. Nice. Mm. Just do Growth 3 into Big Majors into Spray and Pray. Gun emoji. It was astonishingly mediocre and not that much fun. And I confidently proclaimed, great, I saw Fractured. (laughs) Time to put it in the bin of Forgotten Spirits. (laughs) Right. It's done. I figured it out. Next. (laughs) Done. That was fine, I guess. Then I overheard some folks talking about different fracture combos and some fun with defend plus blur shenanigans. Mm. And I finally decided to go back in. Turns out the very high complexity spirit wasn't solved after a few (laughs) games after all. (laughs) Who would have thought, clown face? (laughs) Who would have thought? That's what's cool about fracture. Just like you can just keep going back, keep going back, finding new ways to use those crazy uniques. It's so Mm. fun. Finder. I very much enjoy this birdie for multiplayer. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. But when I try to move into one spirit play, I would merely shuffle invaders around like usual, only to still be on terror level one into stage three (laughs) of the invader deck with Mm. nothing but a briny deep pull being available to save me from the clock. Thankfully, once again from friendly community members, were able to kindly show me the efficient ways to mix up more top track play earlier, giving even more moderately powerful hammers time to do their work. Mm. Yeah, I think going top track, if you are playing True Solo with Finder, is a must. Maybe not a must, but it's very helpful. And why is that, John? Because majors. <laughs> being able to afford them. I mean, you're still able to move things around, but if you utilize those energy more, and then you don't have to have that briny deep type of thing, because you can sure. get a lot of defend majors, or fear majors, because they don't generate fear, but... Well, also, I think, in solo, you're conglomerating less people. Yeah, that's Multiplayer, true. there's just more people in multiplayer, so that's more peeps that you are conglomerating. So maybe so you-, you don't need as many plays... Right. Because you don't need to, as many control powers, like you're saying. If you just have everyone in one land instead of, like... But, like, for instance, in our Sweden game, we needed, like, a ton of damage oh, to yeah. clear a land. Oh, yeah. You can maybe just do a Walls of Rock and Thorn yeah. to clear a land. That's true. Because there's that few invaders, because there's just one player's worth of invaders yeah. on this board. And it's worth it to use that. Sure. And lose a presence. Downpour. This one never really felt bad, just very awkward. 
I remember feeling powerful, being able to defend anything, but then also get totally deflated when it was time to head back and noticing that the Dahan weren't having a good time in the mud either. I was also way too excited about the repeat mechanic that I mostly stayed on one card play to try and repeat that endlessly. Oh no, oh, man. Oh no. Well, I hope that one card play was enough. I hope it was good. Yeah, it was worth it. We got rain of blood. But then it left me very one dimensional. You don't say each yeah. turn. <laughs> yeah. Finally learning to defend more selectively to allow Dahan to do their thing and getting more flexibility with card plays truly skyrocketed downpour to a spirit that has an answer for almost anything. Mm. Yeah, that's so true. I mean... They literally can be anything. So flexible. Can be anything. Why? Because you can find anything. And spamming enough of a minor can be a major and just wipe a board or right. something. Yep. And now for my hallway... Of shame. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. The group of spirits that I have failed with. No. Ryan, close your ears. <laughs> Wildfire. No. This one is odd because I very much enjoy playing Wildfire and have had a lot of fun trying to optimize its yeah. gameplay. But for the love of all that is holy, I cannot get it to the same level as the rest of the spirit roster. Wildfire feels like a very methodical and exact in its approach against the invaders, but that is all well and good until the events add a random blight somewhere. Ryan, have you ever mentioned this before? Not once. Not once. Which will turn into three blights. When I eventually go in and deal in that land. The punishment for misfortune generally seems quite wild when playing solo. Ryan, calm down, Ryan. You still <sighs> keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I have somewhat found a solution that I'm not too fond of, which is just to play without events. Yes! <laughs> Beast command. Beast command. <laughs> this feels much more suited to the exact and elegant yes. gameplay of this little cutie. Aww. I personally just feel a little defeated not being able to conquer the event deck, even if some folks <laughs> swear by command beast. Yes! Hashtag the great event debate part two. This time, the gloves are off. Let's go! <laughs> Not every event adds white, Ryan. Just be better. Get good. I just have the worst you event do. luck, like, all the time. You just need to come over to our filter deck at our house, where oh. Laura just takes out all the ones you know. Oh, oh the gone. truth is Armor's <laughs> gone. Strange Madness. Strange Madness gone. Yeah, I mean, it's already gone, but... <laughs> <laughs> Here's a little rain. Always at the top. Always. <laughs> well, no, no. It's the second one. Second one. you got to find your water card first. Yeah, maybe third. Maybe, maybe third event. That's Save Rebellion. <laughs> anyway, I don't know why We're I always win. We're not even playing, friends. <laughs> Somehow we always win our games. <laughs> Next one was Base Lightning. I am just at a loss for what to do with this speedy fella and true solo. There is no one around to make fast, no one to defend my Dahan, no one to stop builds. I try and smash the buildings, but as soon as two explorers show up in the land, I start sweating while Thundering Destruction <laughs> sits in the corner, laughing at my pitiful energy income. <laughs> I start letting Blight through, and while I thought I was having a good time in the reclaim loop, it becomes less of a thundering party and more of a morning after hangover. <laughs> <laughs> when the event or blight cards have removed my limited presence and the thunderous skies are reduced to mean looking clouds in the distance while the invaders enjoy the sunny beaches of Spirit Island. Did I stutter <laughs> with event cards? Not all of them are bad. I know. So 
Real quick, Tibbs, play two-handed. There you go. <laughs> no, I definitely feel those woes <laughs> with solo lightning. With yeah, sure. with true solo, yeah, the magnifying glass really amplifies yeah. a spirit struggles. Yeah. Lastly, base earth. At this point, playing bass earth for me is a bit like when I try to learn the guitar. Heavy quotations around learn. While I should probably have started out with Itsy Bitsy Spider, I immediately went for Sweet Child of Mine, (laughs) or whatever, and then started yelling at the guitar (laughs) when it didn't do what I wanted to do. You stupid guitar! Stupid guitar! Aren't you better? It feels quite like when I'm loading up an 11 plus difficulty game with Earth, and by turn 5, I'm still doing one measly major without threshold, (laughs) along with my inborn defense, which would be totally epic if the invaders were attacking with tiny rocks and harsh words <laughs> i but can't they're not. but they're not hashtag sweden <laughs> i can't even tell what happens after that because at this point the game state <laughs> mysteriously disappears and i have to set up a new game with another spirit bummer winky face i wonder what happened <laughs> what happened anyway new game i know there are folks out there who swear by and enjoy base earth and i really admire their patience but with the fast-paced uh, ferrari of might earth available is hard for me to go back to the 22-year-old family Ford of base earth. Hey, sometimes that station wagon still gets you to A to B, you know? Ain't nothing wrong with that. I love that metaphor. It's hilarious. <laughs> I hope I didn't offend any fans of these spirits. This was just entirely based on my own perspective and uninspired ability to play them. Thanks a lot, friends, for this fun question. <laughs> no problem to you thanks totally. for that comment no and you don't have to worry about offending everyone i mean even ted was talking about the fact that just spirit understandings with various players is completely different from one to another so yeah. you are fine we'll get into this as we break down spirit analysis but we have been playing some spirits more mm-hmm. in preparation sure and i've noticed some things in particularly with base lightning Okay. And I'll just say that. And Tips right. hit on some things, too, of just some of their struggles and how much they can benefit from a teammate. I mean, we talked a lot about that, too, last yeah. time. We have talked about that. It is really rearing its ugly head at mm. times. Even some of these base spirits of just like, man, they really can use a partner mm. type of thing. They really can combo well if said spirit was in the game. Yep. So I don't think it's just a T-Ips thing. And I, like you said, I don't think T-Ips offended anyone. Nah. You, we all struggle differently. Nah. And it's cool to read the first list of the group that you didn't do so well with, and now mm. you are just very proficient. Mm. So that's really cool to read, Tibbs. As always, great comments. Thank you so yep. much. Thanks, buddy. And last, but certainly not least, mm-hmm. we have our good friend once again, Mr. Wolf. Mr. Wolf. Been a while. Yeah. Happy to see them back once again. And they have outdone themselves. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> if you're unfamiliar, Mr. Wolf is very proficient at writing these massive reports and dossiers. And about that, so given the fact that as recording this, we are already at 187 minutes. What? <laughs> What? Yo, it is almost midnight. I am on my third <laughs> beverage. My contacts are like completely fogged up. We just got off the phone with Laura saying that uh, John will get back. <laughs> when will he come home? <laughs> you can hear that phone call in the gag reel at the end of the season. But like, <laughs> oh, this is just a marathon that we're doing. And so for the purposes of time, you've heard us talk about editing Ryan's workload and this being already massive. This is just a report. It would take just an incredibly large amount of time to get to mm-hmm. and whatnot. So, 
this report that Mr. Wolf gave is so in-depth. It's it awesome. is crazy. It's awesome. But it's huge. <laughs> we don't quite have the time to get to all of it because Mr. Wolf literally talked about all 24... Every single one. ...spirits. Now, of course, you hear us make the claim that there are 35 characters in this game, which is technically true when you regard the aspects because there's 24 foundations, if you want to call that, mm-hmm. and some characters stem from the same foundation. So there's four characters within Lightning. You have base lightning, you have wind lightning, you have pandemonium, and you have immense. Yep. Yet technically, if you think 35 characters, it's not like, oh, I can play pandemonium and John can play wind in the same game. I mean, eh, maybe we could. Bring your own copy, yeah. Bring his own copy, yeah. but you get the idea. Mr. Wolf has gone and literally talked about every single character in the game and talked about... All their aspects, too. All their aspects for the characters that have those, his difficulty rating for each one, the complexity when he first went and played them and picked them up, his mastery with them, complexity and how it feels to master them when he's played them for a long time. It's so in-depth. It is crazy. It is awesome. I encourage you to check this out. We'll leave a link in the description so that you can come back and look at this survey because we can't read all of it, man. (laughs) It's like 10 pages worth of stuff, and it is awesome. So I encourage you, if you're curious to see what he has to say about literally the entire roster, please do so. Yeah. So don't worry. We spoke with him. We said, hey, is it okay if we just, you know, pick and choose a few of these? He was totally cool with it. We're so grateful for his flexibility and understanding. And he was so nice. He's so sweet. He's like, hey, do you mind if I actually, like, go post this elsewhere? I'm like, totally. <laughs> like, I know that this was originally as a response to your poll, but is it okay if, you know, I post it elsewhere? I'm like, dude, totally. Like, oh, yeah. he said it took him 12 hours to write this. Of course. Like, this is so cool. There's such a wealth of knowledge here. And I hope that you all go and check it out. I want you to go and check it out. But with that being said, like I said, John and I are like dead. (laughs) We're like ragged. (laughs) So let's just get through this if we can. You may be hearing this in two episodes, but this was all one night. (laughs) This is all on one night, baby. (laughs) So we're like slap happy and like, ugh. So let's get to it, shall we? All right, let's do it. I haven't written anything about Spirit Island for a while, so I was pretty excited for this. Alright, first things first, thank you guys for the continuous love and hard work you put into this podcast. It really lightens my days when I get the notification on YouTube and it says that a new KSP is out. Mm. You two are just so diligent with all the updates and replies and everything. Also, all the patrons that write wonderful comments and articles about games on the Discord, I just love reading them. So, now that the storm has settled down a bit in my life, I can play again. I figured it's time to resume writing shenanigans about my favorite board game and give back to all you fellow nerds. Oh, yeah. (laughs) The second thing is the infamous 1st of April show. (laughs) It really itched me in all the wrong ways when the episode aired on Friday because it's usually on Saturdays. Hey, you got it. Also, it was something we never heard about on the Discord. So I was like, please don't do it. It's such a fun topic. Please don't make a joke out of it. (laughs) Of course you had to. (laughs) It was funny that you use half an hour of your time for the happenings on that disaster-filled weekend. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I'm so sorry about that, Ryan. <laughs> and I just knew that this April Fool's joke was coming. But, you know, it started optimistically. Mm-hmm. I was actually did a working carry fractured beast build once. So I thought it was a fun topic. But then about a thousand mistakes in, or like three minutes in, <laughs> I was so mad. <laughs> Last year's April Fool's joke was that screechy look back episode. And this year, it's this. No, you guys. <laughs> we just like to have fun. No, but seriously, do bad reports on the podcast. They are so fun. We'll just stay around for a few weeks. Yeah. Ooh. Wait a minute. <laughs> so, to get to the thing, the question was, what happens when you play a spirit that you just don't click with? What happens when things go wrong? What do you do? Hmm. Who is the spirit or who are the spirits who are difficult for you to understand? And why do you think you struggle with them? So I decided to tackle this one a little differently. I would consider myself at least proficient with all the spirits and aspects. I played this game for a long time. Mm -hmm. Basically, from a few months after it released, I've taught it to other players who I now consider Spirit Island veterans. I've written about it a bunch, I've discussed it with a lot of other players, made my own strategies, made some custom spirits, watched a bunch of it played in person or on YouTube or on Twitch, and many, many more. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't consider myself an expert in playing the hardest possible difficulties. I don't even enjoy playing more than, say, 11. I don't like playing one-handed solo as I think it steals most of the mojo out of the game, mm. but I do play four to six-handed solo regularly. What? So <laughs> Six-handed, woof. I have to at least understand most of the stuff. That said, the game can still be difficult at times, and there are moments in every game when I have to Google something or look it up on Quirky. There's a reason why we listen to this podcast despite knowing the basics of every spirit. There's just so much more! There's so much! <laughs> So I decide to put it this way. I rank the spirits from when I started really playing them and how many problems they gave me when learning to play them. Then I thought about how difficult I think the spirit is to pick up and play and how difficult the spirit is to master or play well. For example, lightning isn't too difficult to maneuver on the battlefield, but to really master it, it takes some time and understanding of the game. So basically, which were the spirits that I played and how did I tackle them? Which spirits gave me the problems? What did I do to solve those problems? And a few tips on piloting each spirit. Okay, so let us go on to talk about some of the peeps that he has listed here. Let's talk about Keeper of the Forbidden Wilds. I just plain didn't like this spirit. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) It's still my least played one. Oh, I got it, and my group played it quite a few times. But I just didn't like his game plan. Mm. When it came to it, it was just an unfun serpent for me. Wow. I actually think this is a legit way why we don't get some spirits. Hey, that's what I said. I didn't like the major power spam. Just a few of the same majors every single game. Mm. So I didn't really play it while my group loved it. But now I do, too. Or more like it. Mm. And it's plain why it's considered one of the most powerful spirits considering the damage that it can do. It actually also is a really good spirit for newer players since it just isn't that hard except for a few quirks. But now you can also do some fun stuff with it since Jagged Earth expanded on the major arsenal. For me, the difficulty was 9 out of 10. (laughs) However, the complexity to try it, they rated at 2 out of 10. And then the complexity to master the spirit was only 3 out of 10. Okay. They give three hints for this spirit. Give me the hints. Keeper needs energy and majors, and it gets both. (laughs) Of course, there are ways to use wild tokens, but you mostly just abuse them to spread, then sacrifice them to prevent explorers. You can, without remorse, forget any of your unique powers, except for boon of growing power, and never look back. (laughs) 
I'm resisting the urge to like contest Towering Wrath because of how much I love that card. <laughs> but whatever. And then tailor your build around the mages that you like. There's also an option for going for the right element since your first innate does damage, but you can also completely ignore it and only focus on getting plant elements for adding wild tokens. Yep. The second hint I'd give is the biggest trick about playing Keeper is keeping three energy until your next turn. Mm-hmm. So using your third and fourth growth option, you can place two presents every turn. And there's the Broken Keeper strat. There it is. If you do, you will quickly get insane amounts of energy gain, and playing lots of big majors will become a breeze. There it is. There's the key to unlocking (laughs) this character. The cheat code, I should say. The third hint, use Boon of Growing Power on your friends. You gain lots of cards, and if you help someone like Lightning with powers, they can also unlock their potential. Sure. You can also heal Blight with Regrow from Roots, which is important for not blighting the island, and also for your growth, since it's hard for you to grow into Blighted Lands, which may be Keeper's biggest weakness. Before you move on from Keeper, you, a long time ago, talked about, like, a balance build for Keeper, where you don't Mm -hmm. do what they're saying of, like, saving three energy and always spamming that Mm -hmm. double growth. So I think this is very true. Everything Mr. Wolf wrote is correct. You can be one of the best major power users in this game. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, there are commenters about people saying that's not really exciting for them. I think there has been a lot of chatter recently that I've seen and we've talked about of a miner's build keeper. Yeah, even today we heard some. Even today. Yeah, we've talked about it. Today being the day of recording. Right, uh, right. It'll make it (laughs) to part one. That's true. But <laughs> during the analysis of this <laughs> What I'm survey, saying, I think there can be a balanced thematic keeper spreading wild so. and leaning into that bottom track. You do have a reclaim one on the bottom track mm. and you can have more of make a four energy only yeah. top track and then five plays on the bottom track. So yes, there is this version of Major's Keeper and it becomes not Keeper anymore because you're just spamming Majors. What mm. I'm saying is I think we can relook at Keeper at times mm. and relook at that bottom track and maybe not just spam and there can be still some cool theme there for Keeper. Mm. And like you're saying, Towering Wrath is a fun, so damaging good. card. If you're stacking up those sacred sites and just surrounding going crazy amounts of damage, that's cool. It's that's fun. thematic. Yeah, your wall of denial. Yeah. You want more disagreement from <laughs> from us? <laughs> I wasn't trying to be too. No, it's because of what I'm about to say. Oh, okay. So, Boon of Growing Power, I love that card for giving it to Lightning. Literally, oh. the S-tier use of that card, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just so funny how, like, with the gift card series, turns out, wasn't one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of mine. <laughs> right, but after I just had done the ranking on Pub Meeple, like, oh, yeah. wow, this came in pretty low. <laughs> also, regrew from Roots. Hate that card. Oh my what if there's a blade in the sands, Ryan? <laughs> the worst blight removing card in the game. I've, I've even had. Oh, I hate that card. I've even had like three blight in the wetlands. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. I hate. I can't. Bad. I can't do it. Jungle wetland only, and you must have a certain amount of blight. <laughs> so yes, the emotion that Mr. Wolf is talking about, 100 true. You do not like seeing blight, so having a blight removing card is quite nice. I'm just saying, I hate this specific blight removing card <laughs> find a better one heck use call the tent i don't care even <laughs> if you do hate Tom. <laughs> next up let's talk about lure you know with lure of the deep wilderness i don't know what it was about this spirit but i just couldn't seem to play it well i understood it enough i got what it does but every time i played it it just didn't seem to go well for me 
I played it okay in some games, but my group regularly plays it very well and carries games with it. So, I tried a few times solo with a team that could support it, and I broke through. Nice. I understood my faults, it just had two different innates, and if you try to do too much, you can't do well in either. Mm. That's why you have to play for one or the other every turn. Yeah, they do say that on the back. Mm-hmm. It's possible to get both, but they both have quite a different game plan. You can combine them well, but it might be best to do one on the first turn and the other on the next. Sure. Or you won't reach the higher thresholds and you'll feel weak. I don't even think it's such a difficult spirit to play. I just complicated things for myself too much. I tend to do that. (laughs) Look at the length of this comment. (laughs) That said, I'll try to ease you into playing Lure by learning from my mistakes. (laughs) Joke's on you. We're not doing the whole comment. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the difficulty for me, 10 out of 10. Yeah, it was just very difficult. The pickup complexity was 6 out of 10, and the complexity to master them was 7 out of 10. Wow. So here are my three hints that I'd give. Hint number one, you can't go on the coast, but don't fret, your strongest power is actually your first innate. Forsake society to chase after dreams. It allows you to deconstruct big invaders into tiny slices called explorers (laughs) and invite them into your domain. There you can kill them in many different ways. You can also target coasts. And if you can't come to them, make them come to you. Very true. My second hint. Basically, all of your game plan is to get people to come to you and then boom them by many different destructive powers that you have. Your biggest damage comes out of the plethora of tokens that you can throw out, and then use the powers to scale up with the amount of tokens there are for damage. Yep. It's pretty fun. You also get a lot of different elements, so you can be a bit adaptive when choosing miners or majors for the mid and late game. Beware that most of your powers have range zero, though, so any range-increasing help that you can get from other spirits could be a big help for you. My last hint is, your second special rule allows you to ignore up to two explorers in a land for each presence that you have there. That means you can effectively make explorers sleep where you are and forget about them until you're ready to make them disappear. That gives you plenty of time, so just take it slow. Prepare the meal, cook it, and slowly eat it. (laughs) So true. Yeah, I do like a good explorer kebab. I like the second hint that they gave. They were talking about just like different ways to do damage. And more importantly, a lot of the ranges on Lure's powers are range zero. Mm. I think one combo is wind lightning. Making a fast lure and giving range every single turn Mm -hmm. really makes his spirit a fun time and speeds them up. So I'm just thinking like combos that maybe, you know, people don't play the aspects as much, but try Mm. out wind lightning every single turn. You basically have like reaching grass almost where you can get Mm. plus one range on all your powers. Let's talk about Many Minds Move as One. This, considering just the raw power of the spirit, might be the best spirit in the game. Wow, t is cheering right now. You hear that, t <laughs> I love playing it. I think I'm pretty decent with it, but it's extremely difficult. Now, it isn't as complex as someone like Fractured Days, but it has so many things that can be done optimally, compared to Downpour, who may be impossible to optimize in some moments, that it can quickly become stressful if you're not familiar enough with it. Mm -hmm. You're just an upgrade in complexity of Fangs and Thunderspeaker, while just plain missing the damage. You can get damage, but you just don't start with it. But it's your control, defense, and fear that are one of the best, while your adaptability and plain moment-to-moment readiness to jump in and improvise, that also might be the best. (laughs) The strongest stuff you have comes from your innates, so they don't even cost anything. But there's so much else you can do that makes the spirit insane. It's hard to play, and it's hard to master, and can be a weight on the team if you don't play it well. 
I like that. That's actually a good synopsis. It shows the value of why you would want to play them, but the seriousness of like, don't worry, if they're confusing, that's not you. There's they a are reason hard. for yeah. it, but it's worth to get sure. good at them. Yeah. For me, difficulty, 10 out of 10. Wow. The complexity for me when I first picked them up, 8 out of 10. I wouldn't say 9. The complexity to master them, 10 out of 10. There it is. There it is. <laughs> Here are some hints that I got for them. First hint, you need beasts. Mm. Thankfully, it's very reliable to simply make them. Your sacred sites can be considered beasts for anything, and most of the growth phases, you'll make a sacred site. Yep. You can also make one beast with the third growth option, and you can spawn two beasts with a unique power with ever-multiplying swarm. Next hint, you are the defender of the team. So plan ahead on what will get ravaged and defend it. Gather beasts from two lands away, mind you, to that land and defend it while also gaining a lot of fear. You can easily defend one land per turn, but you can use your tricks to prevent ravages and defend many more. Before we move on, that is one thing I see trip up players, even myself at times, because we're not used to being able to gather two away. That's so weird. That is so weird. No one can do that. Mm -hmm. Only mine. So that's another thing we're talking about vengeance or Mm -hmm. miss or these spirits that like change everything. Being able to gather beasts from two away Mm -hmm. is like, oh, I can reach that. And guide the way on feathered wings. You're pulling Dahan with you? Dahan from two away. That's so cool. That is huge. So almost nothing is out of reach for mines. We have to remember that. I Mm -hmm. have to force myself to remember that when playing mines. Mm -hmm. Next hint, you start with five unique powers and a great presence track. When you learn many minds, you won't be starved for anything. So try to use your energy to buy a power every turn from your presence track. It's important that you always have lots of beasts and air element so that you can use those innates reliably. Last hint. This is just a bonus hint because it's a complex spirit. You do a lot with your unique powers. They give you lots of beast movement and control in many different ways. So try to gain minors before forgetting them for majors. You don't need damage to be effective, but you can do ridiculous bursts of fear and damage with beast majors if you find them. Mm. Yeah. Since you can do so much with your unique powers, you don't want to forget your unique powers for a major. Yeah. Instead, grab a minor because you can purchase a minor from your presence track ability. Yeah. And then make sure when you go and get a major, you don't burn one of your uniques. Because those innates are strong. Those fear that you can generate, yeah. that amount you of defense, that much gathering you can do yeah you want to hit those every single turn you Mm. can generate fear and defend on turn one nothing's ravaging you just want that fear because you can Mm. do it every single turn and for today for john and i before we pass out let's talk about (laughs) finder of paths unseen here we are at the end this bird is a weird one i just decided i have to choose between it and fractured days when jagged earth came out And I chose Fractured Days since it's right (laughs) up my alley. Nowadays, I also play Finder a lot, but it took a lot of time to learn since, as with some other spirits I can do a lot, it just means it's a lot to learn. I understood it the first time. I wouldn't say it was exactly the most difficult to pick up. It's actually quite streamlined. But I saw how many creative things a player can do with this little birdie. It's incredibly fun to play, and I see how many people would take it as their main, since it's just so weird and has so much potential. It can have games where it's just like Starlight, honestly, doing everything and a lot of it. Yeah. But don't play it as a beginner. (laughs) (laughs) You'd have just a bad time, similarly to Fractured Days, It's also similar to Fractured Days in that you need a lot of games behind you to realize all the stuff you can actually do in any given situation and in that your team needs to know all the stuff you're able to do Mm. and play accordingly. 
I'm still learning things as I continue to play them. Mm. And I've had many plays with Finder. I've had many plays with you in Finder and Laura. Every yeah. single time I play them, it's like, oh, well, this major, I can do this yeah. wonky thing with this. Or this minor power allows me to do this. Oh, I didn't know I could do this on my turn three if I go down this presence track. So, mm. yeah, it's something that you can just really spiral with. But it's fun, though. It's fun to spiral with yeah. Finder. Yeah, yeah. You have to know the entire board, maybe even more than Fractured Days. But maybe it's easier to focus on the board since you don't have so many little machinations in your workings as Fractured Days has. I'm slowly getting to that with Finder now, but it's going to take much more time to play and think through. Before you go on, I like the comparison where Fractured Days has to know what all the spirits are doing. Mm -hmm. Finder has to know what's going on with the board or the island, what's going on in every land. So it's very similar where Fractured's like, oh, you're playing this. I can make that and make you do this. You're just aware of everything, like the metagame almost, or just what's going on in the spirit phase. But Finder's all about the invaders. Mm -hmm. But it's a lot to juggle, for sure. So difficulty for him, 10 out of 10. The pickup complexity for them, 9 out of 10. Mm. The complexity to master them, 11 out of 10. (laughs) (laughs) I love this because it mirrors their ridiculous control. (laughs) Like how it's breaking the Skyrocketed. So here are the hints that I would give for Finder. Following the board and everything that's going on with it. No, really. You need to know what'll happen two turns in advance because you're mostly only a control spirit. You can do most of other stuff, but it's control that you want to give to your team, since you're just the best at it. Mm. Some spirits, like Bowden and many minds, are amazing in control, but you yourself can control even their control <laughs> with your control. Yeah, what you don't sentence. even push or gather much. You just move stuff as you see fit. Second hint I'd give, don't be afraid of your presence track. Mm. It's amazing. You can get up to eight energy per turn and end up to four card plays. But you actually don't need that much. You need to learn to do a lot with a little, since control isn't a big gun that you shoot everybody with. You have to use the feather to move the world in small ways Hmm. so that after the next few rounds, it turns out exactly as you planned it. Although you can also use the big guns, you just have to pay a bit to do that, and in late game, it might be smart to do that. Yep. Last hint, it's actually not difficult to optimize Finder's build. Your build is like a secondary thing for you. You just start with six amazing, unique powers, which you can use through the entire game. Then add or subtract from that as much as you want, but mostly you have to apply what you have in the right ways. Your innates seem complicated, but in reality, you just gotta use what you have and rather try to optimize your plays to use the right movement in the right situations. It's not about what you have. It's about how you use it. Going off of their first hint, when I was talking about control, I really like this mindset of follow the board and everything that's going on with it. No, seriously, because unlike anyone else, you can look at a problem and be like, Zuko, when talking to Sokka, that's rough, buddy. (laughs) No, you can teleport there. That problem can be your problem if you teleport there right now. So you can go anywhere. You can take out anything. You can take people with you. I mean, you can figure out where you need to go. You have limitless range. You could be anywhere, anywhere, everywhere all at once. Which is why it's good to be cognizant of all of these various problems because these problems can be in your face if you choose to make it in your face. That's why I think maybe Finder might be more difficult than Fractured. I know Fractured's tricky in time and all the weird uniques, but your support spirit, when it boils down, Finder's so much juggling. I'll speak for myself personally. Fractured and Finder are probably two sides of the same coin. One is 
it's hard for me to know what they can do, but once I figured out what they can do, it's not hard for me to figure out how I can use those tools. Okay. The other one is I can understand what they do. That's not what's hard. <laughs> it's hard figuring out how I should implement these tools. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's fine. Yeah. No, that's just me. No, well, at least I think you hit the nail on the head. I think that's so, what it is. Yeah. But yeah, no, I definitely understand the whole, okay, this is what they do. Now, how do I do it? Now, how, how do we do Was it? Was that right? And how do I win doing that? <laughs> right. Like, when you have to be Amazon Prime for everybody else, do you know how hard Amazon Prime workers have it? Like, yeah, it's <laughs> how hard that job is. <laughs> it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. That's why we have computers doing it. <laughs> so there you go. I feel as if it's unfair almost because how tired we are to end here only because, like, I feel as if earlier us would have more enthusiasm. But I very much like all the things you said, Mr. Wolf. And I actually really appreciated the hints that you're giving. I think that's, like, honestly some of the most important thing about this. And I feel as if, especially with this report, this has a lot of value, especially in newer players, just because it's so good to hear that someone else has, like, a struggle with a certain understanding of a spirit that you have. And so maybe there is something to go off of, like a direct to go to with these hints. I really like that. So please, if you out there have ever wondered if you're a newer player or even if you're an intermediate player, or heck, even if you're a veteran, if you've ever wondered what to do with somebody you don't understand, check out this report that Mr. Wolf wrote. Mm-hmm. Seriously, this is really cool. There is a tip for every single spirit. We just don't have the time. Multiple we... tips. There's this a handful of This episode, as you were hearing it, has been broken up, but we are flirting with four hours. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to pass out. <laughs> Hang in there, buddy. <laughs> We're almost there, we're almost there, we're almost there, we're almost there. <laughs> what a topic. What Seriously, a topic. Timothy TG, what have you unleashed on the community? But it's so cool for no, other players to hear about their struggles and like, oh yeah, I get this, or here, try this. It has been such a cool topic and thread what to read a, through. Yeah, with surprising depth that just came out of nowhere. Yeah. I thought this was going to be like a one, two, done. Like, but Top, nope. Yeah. <laughs> well, we had a lot to say. Laura yeah. barged in and <laughs> yeah, had, had a lot to say. Had a lot to say. And then the community had so much to say. To say and it was yeah. awesome. Seriously, all of you, so many of you came out. Thank you for making this the biggest episode we've ever had mm-hmm. as far as the survey. Biggest survey episode we've ever had. I don't think we've ever split up a survey no, response ever. into two. We never ever. needed to. But this was huge. And we didn't want to ignore anyone. And Mr. Wolf, within reason, <laughs> I know you understand this, so I know you're not offended. But yeah, thank you, all of you, seriously, to all this. Thank you for continually listening to us. Thank you for putting up with us. Thank you for participating in these surveys. Thank you for being so awesome. Thank you for being involved. This is so much fun. It's so cool. I'm so glad to be doing this again. There's just so much to summarize in this marathon that we just completed. I don't know how quite to just close it all off in, you know, sufficient gratitude and thankfulness to all of you. Because I really do mean that. I am physically tired right now, but in all sincerity, I'm so happy and I'm so grateful for all of your participation. Seriously. So many different perspective angles. Ted Vesna's commented? This yeah. Is like, I, I don't know. I'm we have speechless. Everyone. Everyone. We have newer players. Playtesters. Intermediate players. Veterans. Playtesters. The dev team <laughs> are all participating. It's just so cool to see everyone here. And everyone struggles. Everyone has hangups. It's okay if you don't click or get a spirit. And then there's us. We're idiots. <laughs> And we're man in the whole ship. <laughs> <laughs> we're not qualified. <laughs> but we're having fun we're trying. Having fun, baby. <laughs> well. I think that's good. Yep. Yeah, my a, left contact yeah. is like so fogged I up. Think, I, I had to like squint. So <laughs> I think we did it. <laughs> we did it. Well done. 
Wow, yeah, we're going to sleep easy. But thank you. I guess that's all I can really truly yeah. say. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you. After this, I don't even know what's coming after this. I have to look at the schedule. My mind is just frazzled. Who knows? It's, it's midnight. We got to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks for the new commenters, the new yes, listeners yes. that caught up. So cool to Yes! So cool to see new faces, especially the ones that just made it in. Welcome on board. Welcome aboard. Come on board. What's the saying? I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> we got to go. Yeah, okay. We got to go. We will catch you guys, <laughs> all of you, on the flippity flip. Peace out. We appreciate that you took the time to listen to this episode of the Kindred Spirit Podcast. Feel free to interact with us on our socials. You can catch us on our Facebook or Instagram, as well as BoardGameGeek, Reddit, and Discord. Consider supporting us on Patreon, where you'll get access to episodes early as well as our private Discord. Links to all those will be in the description of this episode. Have a great one, and may the elements be ever in your favor.